Chris Watkin, joined again by Alex Pelosi Buchanan, a very well-known estate agent, big in the game in Monmouthshire, which is on the English-Welsh border, just on the other side of the Severn Bridge. Um, Alex, what are the three sins of estate agency? Talk to me. So Chris, the three sins, or I think from a, from a client's perspective, when I'm speaking to okay. a client about- yeah, give me number one. Number one, so if we're talking about sins, the first one would be overvaluing. Um, I think that, uh, especially now that the market's changing, um, I think a lot of agents are still going out and overvaluing like it's yeah. 2020 and 2021. And I think in the past, maybe vendors would have got lucky and they would have got that elevated yeah. price because of just the way the market was, because the demand was there, mm. buyers are crawling over themselves to get properties. Um, but that market has kind of gone, things are calming down, interest rates are on the rise, cost of living's on the rise, and people are starting to tighten their belts a little bit more. Um, but you know, there are still agents going out and putting bigger things on, telling people house prices are still going up, which they are. But obviously a lot of that data is historic. It's coming through the land registry Ooh. process. It's from a few months ago. So those prices you're seeing on land registry today are from three, four months ago. So, Well, they completed three or four months ago on sales that actually started yeah. six months before so that. Six months before. So yes, you are right. They've gone up by 5%, but that was agreed back six months ago. Yes. So we're not going to see the data right now for at least until other six months if land registry updates, because we all know land registry is still massively behind. So, and what we are starting to see, especially in our area, is more price reductions. We're seeing more and more properties. There was one this week, went on uh, on the Monday at 350. And it, by Wednesday, it was down to three, four, three, five hundred. Wow. I, I know, but, but, but um, obviously that in, initial reaction was nobody's called. What do we do now the phone doesn't run? And I think that's the thing. I think a lot of agents were kind of got used to just chuck it on. If we get lucky, great. If not, if it doesn't sell, maybe a little. Okay, so what's it, what, if you're an estate agent, how do you counter another agent overvaluing? What, what's your top tip? So let's give some value to the boys and girls out there. Um, I think the biggest thing to remember or try and get the point across to the client is look, we're not valuers. I know we call ourselves valuers, but ultimately it's the buyers in the market that will decide the value of a home. Um, you can have three estate agents out and they'll all say completely different things. Um, you could go out to a 200 grand terrace and say it's worth a million pounds as a valuer. Does that mean it's correct? Because um, houses don't have recommended retail prices. There isn't a set price for a property. It's really up to the buyers to decide uh, on what they think it's worth. And the only way you're going to get that information is once it's on the market. And you will know if you put a property in the market and the mm -hmm. phone doesn't ring or you can't get anyone through the door, either the presentation or the promotion of the property is not right or ultimately, it's because you got the price wrong. And that's where it becomes a catalyst. So I think being able to counteract that is, is having those conversations with clients and setting them up about how pricing works and maybe that you need to price to entice rather than going for an elevated marketing price. Um, but I think it's having, it's educating the seller, it's having the data, it's not just having a couple of comparables printed off, have case studies, maybe- Stories. Stories, stories sell. You know, they do, stories sell. Do. Um, but you know, using other data like pound per square foot, um, measuring plot sizes. I measure on Google the size of the plot. So if people say, "Oh, um, our garden's bigger than next door," we either use a spriff report, or if there isn't a title plan, we'll we'll actually draw around on Google and say, "Actually, that one did have an extra acre compared to yours," um, or "Actually, it's got a bigger garden." So I think being able you mean to... preparation and comparables. My God. Yeah, but I and think and wonderful spriff reports. 
yeah, I think going out with as much information as you can and showing that you are the agent that has all the information and that you've clearly done your research. Because if you're going to turn up uh, and again, just say, right, this is what we do. This is our market share. I think it's around this. And I've, I've been up against people where you know, maybe they've said, um, the, the client said to me, your valuation was much lower. Such and such has said that um, it was worth this. I said, well, how, how did they arrive at that figure? And they said, oh, well, they said that they just thought that's what it's worth. I said, did they not show you anything? They went, no, no, they just said they think that's what it's worth. And you think if that's the level that people are going out and valuing, they're the agents that in the next 12 months are going to start to struggle because they're going to be setting the client's expectation here. And obviously, unfortunately for the client, they're going to end up reducing, 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 and possibly walking away with less money than they would have done if they gone Definitely. Up, if they'd gone at a realistic price to start with. It has been proved. It has. Right. What's number two, Sin? Uh, so second sin, uh, low fees, which course across the industry is something that's widely disputed um, and I think that you know very much now I think we're, we're, we're in that rate we've always been in the race to the bottom but I think it's now that stock levels are dwindling massively um, you know we've been putting our fees up where other agents are still putting their fees down and I think that um, you know when an agent is sat on the sofa uh, with someone and if that agent is constantly dropping their fee to try and win the business, you've got to really ask yourself, if they're willing to drop and not defend their own price, are they really in the best position to be defending their client's price? And I think it's those agents that I think unfortunately um, will be the ones that, again, with the fee levels dropping, the pipeline is going to dwindle. And I think, like with anything in life, you get what you pay for. And there are some agents out there which they, they deserve every penny. You know, again, John Hanford, you own them so far, and John commands two and a half percent. And you know what? If John came out and valued my, my house, we always say, I'd give him the instruction because of the way that he conducts himself. And I think that's a big part of it. Um, but I think that um, you know, the most expensive mistake many sellers can make is employing a bad agent and putting them in front of a good buyer. And I think there are buyers out there that could out-negotiate some agents. And I, I've done onward negotiating for people before. And I spoke to the agent and said, I oh, know it's on at 350, but what kind of price do you think your client was accept? He said, well, we did have an offer of 340, but that fell through. And straight away, I thought we've just thrown 10 grand of your client's money away. Mm. You know, where's the defense saying, well, we're expecting the 350? Um, there was no, it was just straight down to 340. And my client ended up buying the property for 335. You, you know, so, you know, and I, and I think that's obviously where I think, you know, they probably tried to save money on fee. But it shouldn't be about the fee. It's about the price they walk away with. It's the price they save for minus the fee. That's the thing. And again, it's about education of the clients. So that's the figure they need to worry about. And again, use stories, case studies to show that how you've actually managed to achieve higher prices, even though you cost more money. But I always warn potential sellers, again, to watch out for that second trap, which is uh, low fees. And the third? Uh, the third is long contracts. Now, traditionally... I think that if you get an agent who overvalues and who also comes in with a low fee, they tend to be the agent who's also got the longest contract. And again, round by us, we've got agents who've gone back to doing 26-week sold agency period, six-month agreements. Wow. And, you know, I think it's just contract to be lazy. I think the fact that you're, an agent can have a hold over someone's most valuable tax-free asset for six months, regardless of whether they, they, they could have fallen out of love with each other in the first month. And I've had clients who want to come back to me, but unfortunately their agent said, no, you've got another four months on your agreement. I just think it's the fact that they can go and sit on a sofa, over-promise, um, tell them they, they'll do every viewing, tell them they're going to sell it quickly, they've got lists of buyers, 
They promise that the sun's going to shine for every viewing. And of course, people buy into it. They think, why wouldn't I trust them? And unfortunately, at the amount of times I ask people and I said, do you know how long you signed up for? And people say, I don't know. I said, have you looked at your contract? No. And they've gone away and looked at their contract. It says, oh, it says um, 20 weeks. And you say, 20 weeks. I said, were you happy with that? And they said, oh, we didn't really think about it. And they saw the price and the fee. And they thought, great, yep, sign away. Let's get on with it. And unfortunately, you know, there are the clients right now who are still stuck with other agents, which um, I think um, I think if you, um, in, in our business, we do short contract. I mean, personally, I do zero weeks. I do zero week agreement with a two week notice. And the only reason we have two weeks notice is we, have to, we do a lot of print advertising. So often there's deadlines for mm. things like that. But I'm a true believer that if you can stand in your own truth and do what you say for that client, they will have no reason to leave you. If you do everything, even if the house is struggling to sell, even if perhaps, like I said, you don't get the price that they were happy with, they trust you because these people, you know, people are looking for someone to hold their hand. They want someone they can trust. And, you know, I'd rather be in a position where I'm kept on my toes and I could be fired at any minute than thinking, oh, there we go, we've got them for the next six months. And I think that, um, yeah, it's definitely something that if you're going, if you're considering, you know, why you're losing instructions at the moment, you, know, you could be going out and say, why do we keep losing? It's certainly something worth reviewing and seeing are there other clients out uh, so are there other agents out there who are doing long contracts because maybe that's the one thing again you could do mm. to differentiate yourself from your competitors um but yeah so they are pretty much the three traps thank you for your time today thank you